You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, guess what? Guess what, guys? This episode is brought to you by Sinusoid. Sinusoid makes awesome guitar cables. They sponsored a dadgum pizza party at NAMM. They're super cool dudes, and their cables are awesome. They got power cables, they got patch cables, they got instrument cables, they got speaker cables. They got everything that you need, and maybe some stuff you don't even know that you need. So definitely head over to sinusoid.com and make yourself a custom cable, because they're awesome, and you're awesome, and awesome things are just awesomer together. So big thanks to them for supporting the show, and... Go get yourself some goods. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at Solid Gold Effects. That's right, those guys, the guys who helped make the Model 1 a reality. I have got to play, oh gee whiz, almost all of their pedals at this point. And I can't say this about any other company, but like I know when I get a, a product from them to check out, I'm going to like it. it. It has not happened yet that I was like, eh. This isn't very good, guys. Or, eh, it's not my style. It's like, nope, this is awesome. They uh, make one of my favorite drive pedals, for example, the uh, Zeta. That is a fantastic pedal. Um, just the standard, uh, the standard one is the one I rock most of the time. It's a really excellent sounding drive. They also have the Zeta Deluxe, which is just a whole nother beast, and it's everything you like about, uh, or everything I like, rather, about the current one plus more options than you can shake a stick at. So check those guys out. Also, solidgoldeffects.com. And, uh, yeah, you'll be glad you did. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, show about guitar tone and the people behind it. As you know, I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have a guy that uh, many of you have spoken with and interacted with, mostly probably on uh, the Facebook groups in various places, um, and he was recently on some other like guitar podcast, like 60 Cycle Hum, I think they're called. I, I, I think I'm familiar with those guys, vaguely. I don't listen every week. Uh, his name is Ko Schneider, and he's doing a thing that he needs to come tell you guys about, so I figured, why not come on the show? Ko, now I speak. Uh, I'm you... good. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ramble for 30 minutes before you're allowed to talk. Okay, fair That's enough. That's how this works. It's my show, my rules. I can live by that. <laughs> no, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I had myself a nice little dadder day with the kids, mm -hmm. and uh, now I got one of them napping and the other one uh, watching his television shows. Very nice. You went to, you went on a little hike, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, we went on a little hike in one of the national parks nearby here. Nice, nice. Good times. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe uh, we should start this off for people who are maybe don't frequent the Facebook very much or just listen. Um, kind of give people a little background about yourself and then kind of um, just roll that in. Just give us the whole co-story. 
and then why you're here talking to us today. Okay. Uh, I'll try and be as concise as possible. Well, you got um, an hour, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're well, good. I'm, sh- I'm sure there'll be some nuggets along the way that you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll want to talk about, so. Right. Um, well, I'm born and raised here in Southern California, beautiful, sunny San Diego, and probably, I think, around middle school age, uh, one of my uncles gave me an acoustic guitar. So I started playing around with that, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, I think somebody showed me like the power chord version of Louie Louie Mm -hmm. at that time. And so I kind of like beat around on this, you know, nylon acoustic string playing Louie Louie for Mm -hmm. people. Um, In high school, had some friends and we all thought it'd be cool to start a band, even though none of us really played anything. And uh, so we all took guitar theory in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was like a you know like a performance thing. They teach you basic uh, chords and single note runs. I failed that class. Uh-oh. Yeah, teacher told me I played guitar like I like it was a bass. So I bought a bass <laughs> and started learning to play bass at that point, and started some several different bands with people all throughout high school. Uh, One of them went well into college. While I was in college, I went for, I was going to get a music degree, dropped out so my band could go on tour. All the funding for the tour disappeared shortly thereafter. Uh Uh-oh. And band like halfway broke up, kind of, sort of, but not really. Um, and so I decided to get a, a real job, finger quotes, real job at that time and get married instead. Um, and kind of just been poking around in bands ever since trying, you know, I've done the try and be a cool guy doing my own art, uh, writing songs that make me happy. And Mm -hmm. then I've also done the play in a pop country band because they look like they're going somewhere even though I don't care for the songs and or the style um but I thought that it would have success Uh oh and that hurts my heart to hear the pop country yeah (laughs) I know (laughs) I mean it was focused mostly on things like Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood we had a female vocalist so um, I see which I don't know if that's a redeeming factor or makes it. It, it helps. In There's your probably mind. a few less Friday night pickup trucks involved, I would assume. Yes, yes, a <laughs> few less. Um, so, but you know, all the while I was also collecting all kinds of gear, not only for me to play with, but uh, recording equipment because I always wanted to open my own studio as well. And it's just been a matter of me collecting gear piles Mm -hmm. and piles because i like you don't sell things very often (laughs) um and uh yeah tried to open my own studio for a while i ran that for a couple years had a few cool projects but it didn't really do much Mm -hmm. um and at some point i decided to buy like a high-end electric guitar right our good friend, Mr. Paul Roney. Mm, yes. And 
since then, I've been obsessed with these high-end things. And I want more of them. And I think they're super cool. Um, but, you know, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm, on, I'm on a working man's wage. Right. So right. It, it's a matter of saving and all that. Um, but getting to know Paul and all them, you know, I learned a lot about the industry and and the the guys that build them and how cool they are and like they're all working men trying to make a wage also, which is exactly very cool. And it dealing with that and talking to the sixty cycle hum guys and all that, like everybody kind of had this like joke of an idea to do a boutique road show and take high-end guitars on the road for people to touch and feel. And I was complaining about my day job one day to my wife, and she said, well, why don't you take that idea seriously and and see if there's a way to make it happen? So that's Mm -hmm. what's got me here to this point, briefly. (laughs) As briefly (laughs) as possible. I am trying to take high-end gear and put it in people's hands so they understand the value of it. Right, because that's that's part of the challenge with with those guys and and kind of talk, touched on this before, but like if you've never played something of that level, then you, it's almost one of those you don't know why you want it or need it. Um, yeah, because it looks pretty. Yeah, it's like oh, it's cool, you know, but you, you know, I'm fine with my uh, you know American Standard stuff. Like, well, there's nothing wrong with it, and there isn't anything wrong with it. But when right. you actually get to go. You know, put your hands on a, a piece that was gone over very carefully by one of these guys who really knows what they're doing and cares about what they're doing. It, it kind of changes your perspective on it a little bit. Right. And uh, unfortunately, these guys don't have a bunch of dealers to where it's easy for everyone. So I think it's a, a great concept, and I think it would be really fun, uh, you know, a fun event for people to go to, especially people who don't aren't spoiled like me and live in Portland where there is a bunch of this stuff that I can go try. Um, yeah. Some, some people, especially, you know, I don't know, various parts of the country that just, that just isn't there. Um, so I, I think it has a lot of merit. Yeah. And I mean, I think so too, at first, you know, it was kind of just a funny, like cool idea. How could it really happen? But, you know, once the wife said it, I started to take it seriously and looked into it and I've, you know, I have a few other people involved that are helping with it, help me, blah, blah, helping me with it. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, my brother is my partner in it, and uh, we're, yeah, we're making it happen. It's going to start small, um, just doing what we can because still have a day job. But, mm-hmm. you know, the more I can put these things in people's hands, the more people will understand their value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what kind of a what kind of a format are you are you looking at or do you have everything nailed down? I'm I'm not sure. We've talked about it here and there, but I'm still not 100% sure what you're envisioning this this looking like. All right. So the the event itself is going to be a one-day like pop-up store almost. Like a few different people I've talked to about it have said that it, it sounds similar to like a fashion pop-up store. I guess it's mm-hmm. a, in the fashion industry, it's a thing that people will, designers will just show up in some warehouse one day and like 
you can go buy their stuff, but it's only mm-hmm. for it's only you know a limited amount of time. Um, so we're doing something similar to that. Um, I'm gonna have you know set it up on social media and with locals that I'm gonna be in. You know, mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, I'll say, because that is our first stop in March. Salt Lake City. We're going to show up and set up shop, and people can come out and demo guitars and place orders. We're also going to have cables and straps and hopefully some amps. We're working on some amps that will be available for purchase, uh, pedals, and just kind of the day will be broken up into two halves for the different, you know, types of consumers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the morning half of the day will be for people who know. They know they want to buy something or order something. They just want to get their hands on it one time before they make the plunge, you know. Like the guys mm-hmm. that have already been saving up and they know they're going to do it. Um, it's going to be like an appointment-based thing for the morning time. And then the afternoon is going to be like a free-for-all, kind of open to the public. Anybody can come check things out, you know, from just being curious about the gear to, um, you know, maybe considering it, you know, they're halfway there or whatever, so. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's the way the day is planned to run. That sounds cool, and I I just thought of an interesting kind of potential side benefit um, Hmm. for, for dealers, like, who maybe have been eyeing some of this stuff, you know, this is their opportunity to go kind of see if it's something they want in their store. It's almost like a mini Nam in some yeah. ways, um, which is, which is kind of cool. Cause it's like, Oh, it's just going to be in my city and I might as well just run over and check it out real quick. And yeah, who knows what could stem from some of that stuff. And it, yeah, as much as we, bu- you know, buy things online these days, uh, I think I speak for most guitar players when I say we like going to the guitar store. Like, it's fun. Definitely. Even, yeah, even if you don't plan on buying anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, go in there, see what... And it's like you always end up, like, getting strings or a capo or something. But, like, going to the, the guitar store is fun. And this is kind of like, almost like a new guitar store is showing up in town. But just for, like, a day or two. Which is kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah, it, it, it you know... I'm not opposed to people just coming out and checking things out, even if they don't intend to buy, because, I mean, that's what we do. We, we look at this stuff online all the time and, know, you know, what percentage of how many looks and likes that something gets turn into sales? Oh, geez. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and how many times do you look at something before you actually pull the trigger on it? You exactly. Know? I mean... Well, I mean, and, depending I mean, on what it is, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, t- I mean, to your point, too, like, you know, I yeah, I have a couple Ronies, too. That was the first guitar I've ever, ever bought without having played that specific instrument before. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I kind of knew I wanted one, but I didn't really know I wanted one until I actually went to Nam and played a couple of them that were at people's booths. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I really need one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um i played a uh his one of his uh starliners that was at the walrus booth and it was just like Wah, this thing is amazing so mm-hmm. star blaster oh star blaster yeah 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 the star <laughs> i'm getting those uh those flip flop there yeah star yeah. blaster 
Um, it, anyway, Paul's Paul's one of my one of my names on my builder list. I'm I'm trying to get myself as well versed with his products as possible. That's <laughs> that's a good call. I should yeah. I should be more on the up and up on it to be perfectly honest, but my yeah, brain he's, ta- he's taking a break anyway. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so do you have any companies in mind that that you, I mean, first of all, I guess you could say who's who you have kind of confirmed, and then do you have your sight set on any particular companies? Uh, well, I've I've got uh, Paul Roney. He said mm-hmm. even though he's taking like a hiatus right now that. Um, I get the, I get to have his name on my list of builders that I, you know, showcase for, um, Equits or sorry, Equits Guitars, mm-hmm. Mr. Kevin Equits. Nice, um, nice. He is a hundred percent on board. He and I have been working on some really cool ideas and things for the road show. Um, he's also, you know, a design guy mm-hmm. for a living. So being able to work with him and talk things out has been really cool. He's going to be more of like a uh, spec build provider for the road show. So he's going to have models that are built that I, that can be sold on site um, because of the way he interacts with his customers for custom builds. He'd rather have one-on-one with them rather, rather than have me in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are two other bigger names that I have meetings, you know, that I'm working meetings out with at NAM to get them on board either as a custom uh, order type of deal or spec builds. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got another guitar builder, Map Guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've met him. His stuff is really cool. He's been working on a couple different models for a while now. Right. I don't know. I don't know that he's necessarily been selling them yet. He, I think he's working on being more of like a batch builder than a custom guy. So he's got a couple batches in the works that are supposed to, you know, be released. I'm guessing before summer to to sell. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, those are my, you know, uh, Equits and Map Guitars are the two that are like solid. And then there's a couple guys that I'm still. Uh, courting as it were (laughs) right is there anybody like that you haven't actually kind of already touched on like are there is there anybody you're like man i'd love to have xyz company stuff here um i i would love to try and get millimetric involved honestly mostly because i want to play one like if i could get them to sending one to play with (laughs) like (laughs) that would be freaking awesome yeah. um but their stuff looks super cool i haven't really i haven't approached them about it yet um that's the thing i'm like kind of playing it low-key because i don't really want to like over like be overbearing at a stop like i don't want to have 16 different brands for people that like have to fiddle through i'd like to be small and concise so that people can come check it out and not not be overwhelmed essentially you know not mm-hmm. get the guitar center thing going on where it's walls and walls of different things i'd like to be able to get four or five brands at a time so that they can come check out that brand thoroughly rather than just bouncing around right 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 um, i wonder if it might make sense to uh 
I'm just spitballing things here, but it might make sense to have, like, if you, for, you know, you're going to Salt Lake City, for instance. Right. Um, everybody that's kind of planning on going or people that you're in contact with in that uh, neck of the woods, mm. like, if they might it, say, well, I've been really curious about XYZ company. Do you think you could get one of them? You know? Um, yeah. That might be kind of fun, you know, and help you. You can be like, then when you approach the manufacturers, you could say, hey, uh, I've had people asking about your stuff over here, and they would like to try it out. You know, could I get a a sample or, or something, and we could maybe get some orders for you. I don't know. That could be a tempting, uh, a tempting thing and uh, help break the ice type situation. Yeah. That's not I a mean, bad just, idea. Just a theory. I don't know. You got a brain on you. <laughs> it doesn't always work as well as I'd like it to, but it's it's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting thought to have, kind of almost like requests that gives me, like, yeah, like you said, a reason to contact these guys sometimes. Because mm-hmm. you know we all we all hear the stories about the people emailing out for you know free gear or demo gear and all that kind of stuff, and I really don't want to be that guy. Like, I understand where my my reach is right now and my audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, like, not pestering people. There's a, f- you know, there's a handful of brands that I have a, a repertoire with already just from knowing them via the Internet. And right. uh, so I those guys, you know, are willing to doesn't make me sound good, but take a risk, you know. They're almost taking a gamble on on this thing because they understand the value of their instruments being put in people's hands also. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, other brands that have no uh, communication with me other than me liking a post of theirs, I feel like it still would be a hard sell, but I'm not... Probably, I don't opposed. know. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't, I think it's different, you know, especially if you're not asking for, you know, free gear necessarily, if that makes any sense. Like you can, you know, like I can send it back like that. That was something, you know, um, when I, I we're kind of going off in a different direction, but when I first started like on Instagram and doing different things and doing giveaways, I understood that like I was kind of a nobody Mm-hmm. And still kind of am, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, I didn't expect, you know, I, I wanted to do some giveaways for people. I wanted to like try to help expand the brand and the awareness. And that was a good way to do it at the time. And so, you know, I kind of had to bite the bullet with some of these guys and be like, Hey, listen, uh, I'd like to do a giveaway with you. You know, I'll buy the thing. Um, yeah. if that makes it more, you know, more comfortable and then, uh, we can do this. And that just kind of that changed people's uh, perception. I, and I only had to end up buying a couple of them. People, then people just knew that I was, uh, I was, I was serious. I wasn't just, I will play this, uh, it, you know, yeah. Billy's barbecue shack every Friday and everyone will come look at my pedal board. Like it was, it's a com- kind of a different uh, proposition. And what you're proposing is, is a lot different too. I think people would take that very seriously. Yeah, I mean, and so far the the response to the people that I have talked to has been good. Um, nobody's accused me of just trying to, you know, abscond with their stuff. 
which is good because I'm not trying to abscond with their stuff. So one good thing that you kind of mentioned is that um, people do kind of know who you are already as a consumer. So mm-hmm. I think some of these people will ha- you you have a, a little bit better position than kind of from total zero because you do interact in the community and and people have at least seen your name floating around so that that is very helpful yeah and it's a recognizable name (laughs) it is yeah and you know i my plan too was that even if it you know nobody wanted to contribute with like signing up to sell guitars through me or anything like that i own a roni Mm-hmm. And I won a Titan, so I I was just gonna take those. If if worse came to worse, I was just gonna. All right, well I've got one Titan and I've got one Roni and I've got you know I'll bring my little practice amp with me and I will go somewhere by myself and set this up and people can test those too and we'll just start from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's gonna be that small because of the guys that I am working with now, but. You know, that was the plan if nothing else happened, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and, the, you know, you got that and you got your pedals and, yeah, you know, absolutely. You got a personal collection you can work with, too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of angles you could uh, you could pursue there. Yeah, definitely. And that that's helpful. And and I know, like, especially with the with the pedals, like it's not quite as um daunting of a thing for most people to like buy a pedal without playing it almost everyone does it all the time um but if you can play one sometimes what i found is that it uh there was things i was like i've seen that uh i guess i'll play it and it was like whoa this is actually really awesome i didn't think that it sounded that good in the demos and ended up buying it so that factor does exist there too um there's a there's things that take you by surprise sometimes and and uh having a good selection of pedals to bring with you is not going to be a bad deal. Yeah, I mean, I plan on bringing most of my collection, even though uh, with the stuff I've got, the only, the only pet, I've only got one brand on my in my collection that I, I've actually been talking to about representing. So mm-hmm. that would be the wonderful Pelican Noiseworks. Oh, that guy. You can't trust that guy. I've heard that. Yeah, he's a... He's a Big time tweaker, right? He's he's been accused of being a tweaker a time or two. Uh, um, and he has some weird connection to South Africa that I don't know if I trust. Oh well, yeah, there's a there is a South African connection. It's some might call it the final destination down there. Is the. <laughs> Uh, we just made a whole bunch of inside jokes. I wonder if we should explain them or not. Nope. Nope. Okay, I will. I do have to clarify one thing. Uh, for some Leon reason, Leon is not a tweaker. Leon is not a tweaker, but he was accused of being a tweaker, and it was quite funny. <laughs> so, uh, for all those that are wondering what we're talking about, um, I guess you might have to, you know, join the Gear Slum and pour through some of the archives in there to really understand the depth of our uh, weirdness. Just Google (laughs) South Africa. You'll figure it out. (laughs) You'll see what we mean. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. Um, 
how much inside humor can we get away with on a publicly uh, broadcasted podcast, do you think? I don't know. It, well, there's there's a lot of crossover between your group and 60 Cycle Hum and Gear Slum. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of crossover there, so I don't got to explain everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's actually something, I mean, it's kind of unrelated, but uh, Wampler and I have talked about before, it, it's like um, most of the Guitar Gear podcasters uh, have the same people listening, it seems mm-hmm. like. We all have a, a real close to, you know, similar numbers um, download-wise and everything. It's like, it's really funny. Uh like, just to compare and contrast. It's not all exactly the same, and some people have their preferences, but I don't know. You're a listener. Do you listen? You probably listen to most of the shows, I'm imagining. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah my main ones are 60 Cycle Hum, Tone Mob, Gear Slum. Um, I do Chasing Tone, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to the new Tone Gear nerds also, right? Um, tried to get you know all. The, tried to get into flipping flippers. That you know, they're a little bit more wide range in their topics, not just guitar gear, but they still count. <laughs> um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of. I'm a big podcast fan. I, I listen to Mike Rowe, um, Alton Brown, like. I did a lot of, listened to a lot of like entree leadership and business stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm a fan of the podcasting world. Yeah, I I am too, as it turns out. It's <laughs> usually when you you have a podcast, you tend to listen to a lot of them as well. So, maybe you need to do a podcast from the road show. Well, you know, I started listening to podcasts because at... At one stage in my life, there was like five different people in a two-month period that said, you should really start your own podcast. And after the fifth person, I was like, man, what is this podcast thing that everybody keeps telling me I need to do? Mm-hmm. And I started listening to podcasts and then decided never to do my own. So, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so why were people telling you you needed to start one? I have no well, idea. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, there had to have been some reason for people to say that, but I uh, I guess not. Well, I mean, that Christmas album that I, I do a Christmas album every year with one of my buddies, and it's kind of like podcasty-ish the way mm-hmm. that we do it. Um, so that may have been part of it, but I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know why so many people told me to start my own. <laughs> well, maybe you, maybe this is your new opportunity. You can you can take the show on the road, and then you can have the only traveling gear podcast out there. There we go. The the co show. It even has even got a name. The co show. It already rhymes. Yes, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. So, so we we were talking about your bringing your personal collection on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about what that personal collection is and what's your current rig look like and and uh and all that jazz all right um well currently my two number one well two number one my top Mm -hmm. two guitars um 
I will have to answer in just a minute because I hear my son yelling to me from the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Give me just a second. Let's see what he needs. What's up, dude? Mm-hmm. Pause myself. Yes, I can pause your show. <laughs> He's got to use the body. <laughs> you know how to unpause it when you're done, Bob? Okay. What? Why was that mat not there? Uh, I think Mommy <laughs> was cleaning the floors. Do you want to say hi to Mr. Blake? No? No? Okay. Oh, come on. Okay, Bob. Well, you don't have a goofy mythical animal attributed to your personality like Daniel Tyak does with his unicorn. Or Leon does with his Pelotar. I wish I did. I don't... I'm not exactly sure what kind of animal that would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, you know, one of my chickens has this crazy, uh, like, neck beard thing going on. Am I a, am I a chicken with a neck beard? I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want a spirit animal. If my spirit animal is a chicken with a neck beard, I, I I'll be honest. Okay. Well, I mean, that's up to you, I guess. I mean, this is if I if I have any say in this whatsoever, I may not. It seems like you're giving you're assigning me the chicken with a neck beard as my my spirit animal and. I don't. Well, I, fig- I figure you're gonna cut this part out anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe not. I might not. I might leave it all in. Who knows? Uh, so we're on my rig, right? Yes. What's that? What's that rig look like? Okay. Well, I was gonna start with like what I do with my electric stuff, but I play bass more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um. So I will start with that okay rig. sounds good uh my main base is an ibanez asb 140 mm-hmm. um so that's their big uh semi-hollow es335 looking art core base oh very cool love that thing i don't know what it is but there's a little bit of magic in it to pick up is super just like articulate and when i dig in it gives it growl, or I can lay back, and it's just nice and mellow, smooth sounding. Super cool. Very nice. Um, and then as far as pedals go, uh, it's pretty, pretty regular setup from for now. Like I don't change out a lot of things these days. Mm-hmm. But I got my tuner TU2 naturally, mm-hmm. um, and then I have a Retro Mechanical Labs Clean Overdriver. It's the box with the two stop switches on it, mm-hmm. so you can toggle more easily between the clean and the drive side of it. Um, from there, it goes into my Pigtronics Tremvelope that I love and use constantly, mm-hmm. um, and then to an LA Metal by Ibanez, because sometimes you got to bring the metal. Of course you do. And the the LA metal is kind of in the position on my board that is like the rotating position. So when something switches out, that's really, that's the spot that things leave and come and go. Gotcha. From there, it goes into uh, a Pelotar, uh, recently upgraded with big knobs. 
Ah, very nice. Thanks to Mr. Vion. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the Pelotar goes to my Deja Vu uh, Tap Delay by Seymour Duncan, which is a far, like under, yeah, far underrated delay. Man. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So good. It's got, you know, the effects loop out, so you can put crazy things on your repeats. And one of my favorite awesome. tricks. Yeah, such a cool trick. From there into the small box version of the Retro Mechanical Labs Clean Over Driver. Oh. Um, and that one is always on. That that's my that is my tone, as it mm-hmm. were, for my bass. That guy is just just always sits there. And then uh, to a ditto looper. Out into whatever amp or di that I happen to be playing through at church or venue or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. My personal amp is one of the Ampeg micro uh, VRs, mm-hmm. the 210 cab. Gotcha. Yeah. I I want to pick your brain a little bit about the uh, the, the clean over drivers. Okay. Um, you, you've been talking about those a lot, so can you give us some details on what exactly those pedals are and what they're doing. Um, so from what I understand about it, so it's two circuits, a clean boost or a drive circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, can't use them both at the same time. The small box version is, it's got a stomp switch. It's got an output volume and a drive knob and then a toggle for clean or drive. Um, when you have it in clean, all you have is the output volume. The drive knob does nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have it on the drive side, you also have the drive to work with. And much like every other Retro Mechanical Labs pedal, there's a little bit of a wild card in there somewhere. Um, so on the clean over driver, it, ha- it happens to be on the drive knob. I don't know. I don't understand the magic behind circuits entirely like i have a basic understanding right um but there seems to be a point on that drive knob where all of a sudden it really kicks in does that make sense like it uh, as far as like the level of dirt or just like the sound is just better uh the level of dirt so like there it seems like there's one point where it's like yeah, you can kind of hear it. You can kind of hear it, and then you, it's almost like you can feel it when you turn the knob. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have one of their electron fuzz pedals also, and there's a point when you're turning the knob, and you can almost feel like something changes in the way the knob turns, and the gain changes, or it gets spittier, or whatever. And so the clean overdriver has kind of that similar feel to it on the drive knob there's a point eh, probably between three and four o'clock that it almost feels like it clicks over into another beast interesting yeah very nice so i mean i don't know exactly you know i don't know if it's a original circuit if it's based on something if it's like i don't know what sound he was going for when he designed it i just know that i like it (laughs) right so, and you like it enough that you have two. Yeah. And and then the the other one, the one with the double stomp switches, actually has it has a, a big muff style tone circuit in it. And it also has like a it has a input 
game knob mm-hmm. so that you can like I guess that would be to push it harder from the front. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Or dial it back, probably, right? Or dial it back, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they both get ridiculously loud. Like, nice. Insanely loud to the point where it would probably break some other equipment that come behind, comes behind it if I wasn't careful. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. like amp thrashingly loud, basically. Yes, yeah. Um, like the, the fuzz pedal from them that I put on here sometimes, I can't take it above like 10% without worrying about ruining, ruining my amp. I, I know the feeling, yeah. uh, the Friday club, uh, Fuzzwami is basically the same way. It's like, as far as the, the output volume goes, it's like, I yeah. barely, like I, Somebody bought one. They're like, oh, thanks for, you know, I don't remember what the deal was. Like, ah, oh, thanks for talking about this thing. I would have never found it. And I was like, oh, it's it's really loud. Like, literally start with it off. Like, all the way off. Don't just stomp on that thing with an, yep. at knobs at noon. You will blow something up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I mean, the Retro Mechanical Lab stuff, it even says that in their, like, the instructions that come with it. Like, mm-hmm. be careful. This device will harm all your stuff (laughs) and they're not joking i uh i i like i like um i think i've talked about this maybe with brian wampler before i I like having lots of output volume Mm -hmm. um because it's it's always better to have more on tap than not enough but i don't know once it gets to that level i'm almost like do we really need that much output volume i don't know maybe it's not always a matter of need blake well, that's true. Sometimes you just want it for no reason. Yeah, exactly. I am very, very, very aware of wanting things for no reason. Mm-hmm. The curse <laughs> of our curse of our age, right? It is. It is. Uh, you have anything high on the uh, the gas list right now that you want for no reason? Um. There's a couple different reverbs that I'd really like to get. I, I've yet to find a reverb pedal that I enjoy thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been looking. I like that Empress reverb. Uh, yeah, that thing seems looks cool. pretty cool. The MXR reverb is, is super high on the list because it's relatively affordable. MXR makes solid stuff that's not going to break down on you. Mm-hmm. And it, it has a huge variety of sounds. Um, and then the other reverb that I was thinking about getting would be the uh, Red Panda. The Context? That, yeah, the Context. Are they Red mm-hmm. Panda Labs or just Red Panda? I, I think it's Red Panda Labs. Okay. Um, yeah, that Context. Context right now. I don't know where it went. <laughs> ah. so. The Context is really nice. Uh, I like that pedal a lot. It's been around for a while, but mm-hmm. it has some really nice sounds in it. I really like the cathedral mode on that pedal a lot. It's okay. a very bright, uh, intense reverb. Um, it It's the plate that I'm interested in on all of these, really. I like. I feel like the plate reverb is the one that's going to like make me like a reverb pedal, finally. My favorite plate reverb that I've played is actually in the Dr. Scientist uh, Reverberator. Hmm. 
That's that's my favorite plate reverb. I haven't played just a ton of them. I played probably four or five different plate reverbs, and the one that's in that is what made me buy the pedal. Uh, yeah. That's a really nice reverb pedal. Um, hey, I had this idea one time with a friend that I want to run by you. Okay, I like ideas I, with friends. And I, yeah, and I'll run it by you for everybody to hear so that if somebody else hears it and thinks it's a good idea and wants to do it, they're more than welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so my one of my buddies is a producer and engineer, mm-hmm. and uh, he really wants a real plate reverb. Okay. But, you know, it's a four-foot by eight-foot metal plate usually with all sorts of auxiliary equipment, and it needs its own special closet and all that. Mm-hmm. So I told him about, like, uh, like the Surfy Bear stuff with the spring reverb kits mm-hmm. that you can do. And so we were, like, trying to figure out for a while if we could make, like, a mini plate reverb. Like, instead of a 4 by 8 sheet, do, like, a 2 by 4 like, 2 foot by 4 foot thing. And then it would be smaller and easier for project studios. Right, right. But it, it never went past, like the conception stage of like could we make this happen is it doable and then we kind of fell out of fell out of love with the like trying to make it happen yeah it's interesting that you that you uh are talking about that um when chris benson came on the show like well uh, well over a year ago he was like the Mm -hmm. third guest or something um he he was talking about building a plate reverb um Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that that's happened. I don't think it has, unless he did like a one-off or something. But I'm wondering, I, I have no idea, because I don't know anything about this stuff. But well, it, you, is, wouldn't, is you it... wouldn't get as much uh, like harmonic content, I wouldn't think. No, but it could, I wonder if it would sound good. Like, I'm kind of looking at my pedal board right now, and it's like, if I had a plate reverb that size that mm-hmm. sounded good, that would be pretty rad. Right. Um, I mean that. Yeah, I mean two by two by two foot by four foot isn't really easy for you to take around the gigs and stuff. No, but it makes it more accessible for home studios and whatnot. Yeah, it's almost like if if the concept worked, um, it would almost kind of do for plate reverb what like the T Rex replicator is doing for tape delay. Yeah. Just like making it, it's not perfect, but at least it's a, it's something that's a little more available now. Right. I I wonder if the length, if I th- if I I could be wrong, but I think the length of the plate has to do with the amount of time or tails. So it may Possibly. be like so small that it doesn't work. I have no idea, but I love the idea. I love the concept if it indeed is possible. Yeah. Love it. Well, maybe hopefully somebody will hear it and run with it, or at least try it and tell us if it works. Or somebody yeah. should tell it. Just somebody who's smarter than me, uh, and me, could just and our, yeah, and collectively just, you and I. Yes, I I think they should just uh, shoot an email to tell me why it will or will not work. That would be great. So yeah. then we can put this thing to rest or make it happen. Yeah, shoot that email over to me if you get it. Will do. <laughs> Info at tonebob.com. That's that's got me thinking now, like, in the opposite direction. Uh There's no reason to ever do this, but what would it sound like if you had, like, a a giant spring reverb? 
A 16 by 32 foot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, giant spring reverb? A giant Sorry. spring, yeah. Would that matter? Like a garage door spring? Yeah, like something like I'm like like the like a spring reverb tank that's the size of a piano. <laughs> I'm wondering if that would because I know like the little tiny tanks like that are some people have made you know pedals with. Yeah, they're not really. I mean, there might be a great one out there, but the ones I've played were not wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a big you know a big Fender size spring reverb is. Obviously, it sounds a lot better. Right. So I wonder if expanding on that concept, if we had an enormous spring reverb for like, you know, that was that Abbey Road kept at their studios or something, if it would be yeah. like the best spring ever. Well, it wouldn't just drip, it would pour. Yeah, exactly. Good. Ooh. Yeah. So if you start mark, if you start making those for some reason, that's your, uh, that's your marketing slogan. Uh, TM. It's <laughs> mine. All right. I'll let, I'll let you have it. <laughs> All right. The coverb. It doesn't just drip. It pours. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So we're going to have a massive spring and a tiny plate reverb. We're just we're going all completely backwards on everyone's concept of time-based effects. That uh, that's where we're at in society right now. So, you know, that's fine. <laughs> we don't want to make any commentaries on society. We can do that off the air. Okay, well, I mean, we, everybody can agree that things aren't where they want them to be, no matter what you believe or think. Well, that's true. Yeah. That is quite... Uh, nobody's happy with any results of anything right now. Anything. <laughs> Another year has gone by. We lost Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I mean... 2017's got to they got to catch us a break here. I just I, I feel it in my bones. We got to have a break at some point. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Well, you know, it's it's the year year of Co Part Two. That's right. I forgot. We should talk about Year of Co. You did win a lot of stuff last year, didn't you? I sure did. <laughs> it, and that's part of the inspiration for what I'm doing. I'm like, man, I got a lot of cool stuff. I gotta give back to the community somehow right so i'm gonna sell stuff to them <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give back to the community by taking their money does that work is that how that works i i think right sure yeah no. No. no i mean by giving back to the community i mean mostly like the builders and the you know awesome mm-hmm. people doing the giveaways and all that right everybody um, else is just a poor schlub like me so <laughs> <laughs> what uh what all did it, uh you know 2016 it took a lot from us but it gave mm-hmm. a lot to co what all did did what all did you win um from entering various contests last year if you don't want to say that's okay but um I, I, the comprehensive list would be interesting that yeah i was actually gonna put together uh like you know how everybody is doing those best nine of 2016 or whatever right um i was gonna do that of all the stuff I won, but I actually, a lot of it is actually out on loan right now. Oh. Um, that was one thing that I decided to do since I was winning so much stuff was uh, a lot of the players like that are younger than me at my church and stuff don't mm-hmm. have pedal boards or whatever, so I just started putting boards together and loaning out equipment for them or to them. 
Um, but I mean, some of my highlights, definitely winning a Titan was mm-hmm. a crazy highlight. Um, won a handful of pedals and some straps and cables and lots of cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff. Nice. I, nice. I'm, I have no complaints about how the year went for me on the winning front. <laughs> Well, and see, you already are giving back to the community. You're loaning out the the goods. That that right. counts. That's giving exactly. back. That's that's yeah. better. That's better than you you painted a, a picture of yourself like you were just trying to make money, and here you are, you're loaning stuff out to kids. Give yourself some credit. Well, I mean, in order for people to perceive me as like a big valuable business, I have to take money, right? Well, of course. <laughs> that's just that's just the way it works. If yeah. I mean. You can't be traveling to Salt Lake City for free. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that yeah, I get I know. I know I am giving back. I'm I'm that's part of the part of the deal, right? We're all in it together. That's right. Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. I'm doing I'm doing my best to try harder and suck less. So. <laughs> that's a that's all any of us can really ask. I mean. Yeah. Try to not suck so much. <laughs> Oh, it's a daily struggle. Yes, well, Co, yes it is. Co, we're getting down to the last couple minutes, and and I I don't I don't I just feel like it would be a bad thing if I uh, didn't let you tell people where to find um, more information on this if the website's up or how to get in touch with you if they want to uh, maybe contribute or maybe they want you to come to their city. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I do have a website. It is C O E sch.com um, probably by NAM we have it worked out that there will be a, a new part of the page that has the information about the one day road show mm-hmm. uh, currently it has a lot of stuff on there about me as a session player and a producer um, so that'll be added I'm also on the Instagram at Co Schneider uh, the that's Instagram the Instagram that's mm-hmm. where I'm most active um, I do, I write reviews and different things on Medium, but I don't even know what my username is on there, so it'd be hard to find me. <laughs> um, and I'm on the Facebook. Yes. I am, I am always accepting friend requests. The, fa- <laughs> the face pages. The face pages. As they call it. Yeah. Right on. And then there's a Twitter, and, but I'm not very active on there. It's usually just content pushed from my Instagram, so... Okay, cool, cool. And then the the final question, obviously, mm-hmm. I've been you waiting. know what it is, is do you like Greek yogurt? No. No, I don't care about that. What kind of pizza do you <laughs> like? Uh, my favorite is pepperoni. Straight up? Just a, pepperoni. Just a nice pepperoni pizza. Um, my son actually got me into something a little different. There was a phase that he went through where the only thing he would eat was green bell peppers. So when we went to get pizza one time, he said he wanted green bell peppers on his pizza. And they threw the bell peppers on the pizza right Mm -hmm. as it came out of the oven. And so pepperoni and green bell peppers is like my next go-to. That would be good. It's so good. That nice, crisp fresh crunch on top of a nice greasy pizza. Yeah. I can get on board with that. Definitely. 
makes you feel healthy while you're eating. <laughs> Look how healthy I am, everyone. I have vegetables on my pizza. <laughs> Not only that, a green vegetable. A green vegetable <laughs> on pizza? Yeah. I'm so... Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody who's perceived as extra healthy, but no one's coming to mind. Chris Trainer. Uh, who? Uh, from Parks and Recreation, Rob Lowe's character. Oh, yes, he is healthy. Yeah. He's, yes. Rob Lowe does appear to be a very healthy man. Yes. Well, his character, you know, he goes out to lunch, and he, want, he says he wants something raw and cucumber-based. So he orders a <laughs> cucumber. <laughs> cucumber based though yes yes it makes sense it's good it's just good science well of course hydration and vitamins absolutely absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right on co well we're right at that hour mark so that worked Damn out it. perfectly thanks for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me blake mm-hmm. thanks for thanks for all the chats too Absolutely, absolutely. I look forward to seeing this thing get off the ground, and uh, I'll definitely uh, be telling everybody about it when the when it does because it's cool. So, yeah, thank you. Right on. I'll go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up. If unless you have anything else you got to say or shout outs or anything like that. Um. Yes. Shout out to Cole Duke. Shout out to Cole Duke. He knows why. Ooh, mysterious. That's, that's good enough. That's a good enough note to wrap up on as anything. So shout out to Cole Duke. And uh, as always, folks, good luck and good tones. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. 
I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.